Tuesday morning, we are recording Heat Check. Um, March 8th, we're starting the conference tournament schedule, the conference tournament week. Uh, we've kind of had some, we've had some mid-majors already give out their bids. We've had some of the conference, uh, the West Coast Conference got going tonight in uh, Las Vegas. And But Peyton, the first thing I want to talk about, the first thing I think that we need to discuss is the absolute robbery that happened in the Big 12 Player of the Year race. Cade Cunningham steals it from Jared Butler. Did he really steal it? Are we sure? I think so. Are we certain? I th- do Jared not- Butler was the best guard for Baylor in like 50% of their games? Jared Butler was the best like You player. can make the argument that the guy who hit 10 threes the other night, Macy Oteague, made big impacts in multiple games, more so than Butler. You can make the argument that in a handful of games, Flagler was the best player for Baylor. You could make the argument that even Davion Mitchell, who won Defensive Player of the Year in the conference, was the best guard for Baylor. Also robbery. Also robbery, maybe. I don't know. Marcus Garrett wasn't what he has been in the past for the entirety of their season. I don't know. I think Cade Cunningham missed too many games to win it. I also think Oklahoma State went, what, 4-1 without him? Something crazy. Without him. Without him. So... I don't know, but if that's where we're starting the pod. That is where we're starting the pod, yeah. I I don't know what to make of it. It's odd because it reeks of recency bias to me and is very odd considering that we just saw Oklahoma State go on Saturday and beat West Virginia, lock up the heat check game picks win for me. Without Cade Cunningham, without Isaac Likely. It was odd to me that that's how it went down and that the logic behind the Big 12 voters, and I'm just confused by it, that Cade Cunningham wins it when he missed a bunch of games that they won without him. Jared Butler was the best player on the best team. Um, we knew this. It's almost the re- it's almost the reverse. It's almost the reverse situation of, and I guess I with that I can understand why you would support Cade winning because it's almost a reverse of what happened in the Big Ten in which we we almost crowned Luca Garza and said no one else can take it from him. And then Io kind of flew so, so close to the sun and then broke his nose and was out. And we were like, all right, it's going to be Luca. In the Big 12, it was the same situation except for the, the momentum of Oklahoma State getting to, I think, 11th in the country now on the AP poll or whatever they're at, really high, kind of solidified it for Cade. Um, I don't know if I disagree with any of that. I would also just as much say so that Jared Butler would be deserving of this award. I think my main quibble was simply with the fact that you called it a robbery. I don't think this was a robbery. I think I still probably would have given it to Jared Butler just because of the fact that Kate Cunningham missed games. That said, I don't think it's some crime against humanity that the guy who scored 40 on Oklahoma last week won the conference player of the year and is the most talented player in college basketball. Yeah, I get that. I would say the double standard of the voters to do, I don't know. I guess it just, it just shows the difference between voters of one conference versus another. Cause I 
figure that Luca Garza is going to win the Big Ten Player of the Year. We're we're going to get more Players of the Year, uh, Conference Players of the Year coming out in the next couple days. Um, ACC had Georgia Tech forward Moses Wright. SEC, Big Ten, Big East, all those leagues, despite naming some of their all-conference teams, have not named their conference players of the year. We're going to get those ahead of the conference tournament. But nothing bothers me more, and I want to have this discussion as we get into uh, conference tournament play. Um, nothing bothers me more. Than conference than all conference teams that have more than five players. On. Wait, Moses Wright won ACC Conference Player of the Year. I didn't even see that. That happened today. That was early this morning. Why? Josh Pastner got rewarded for hitting a COVID pinata. Pretty much. Very odd. Very College odd. Basketball is weird. Okay. So, so one of the, the notable things, uh, Florida State. I think Virginia Virginia won the league. Um, Florida State came in second without anyone on the first team uh, of the All-ACC. I would just say conference awards this year have been odd, and, and we're seeing it because of the lack of games. We're seeing it because of the lack of continuity. Um, and it should shape up for an interesting conference championship week. And no more evidence of that than what we've had this this previous week where kind of the smaller leagues have given out bids. The Ohio Valley, we've got number one seeds losing all over the place. Belmont was a number one seed in their conference. They lose to Moorhead State. Uh, Sunbelt, Georgia State was the number one seed. Texas State was the number one seed because they have two divisions. Appalachian State, who was the four seed in their own division, which means they were the seventh or eighth best team in the Sunbelt, wins the bid tonight. Tomorrow, we have the CAA where number six seed Drexel takes on number eight seed Elon. And then on Sunday, we have number four Hartford and number six UMass Lowell in the America East. Shut so, up. the aside hey, from. Hey, okay. did you know that Elvis Presley went to UMass Lowell? I definitely did not know that. It's true. You learn something every day. Shout out to the Ion College basketball guys. Um, with that being said, tournament field is shaping up. What have you? What what has the first weekend given you that makes you excited about the next week ahead? And what is something that you think will probably be missing from the NCAA tournament based on the results of this past week um, that's going to disappoint you? Because I know you've been high on Winthrop, and they got their Big South title. So yeah, as high as anybody can be on Winthrop. I mean, I don't know necessarily if they are a team that can really. Do something in March. That said, anytime you complete a season with one loss, I don't care what league you're in, you deserve credit. You deserve to maybe be ranked, which I saw to it that they were ranked in our HC poll by massively, overranking them in mine so they would have the requisite votes to get into the poll around that 25 area, which, which they did. No, they fell one vote they short. They fell one vote short. That is, I think you fudged the numbers. I definitely did not fudge the numbers. I would just say uh, shout out Dom Stern and Nick Hodell, who uh, their their belief in Oregon really vaulted. I mean, I can get behind that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would. I can't wait to talk about the Pac-12 tournament because I feel like we both may be relatively high on Dana Altman's Ducks. In this coming week, and I think that that's one of the fascinating. I mean, we talked about conference tournaments that we're excited about this past Thursday, but 
the Pac-12 tournament shapes up to be a really good one. Um, hold on, hold on. Also, I'm going to be all over the place tonight. Yeah. I'm on four hours of sleep. This is important context. This is March. I do things. We're doing this because we love it. Yes, indeed. Moses Wright won ACC Player of the Year. How much in part of the fact that he put up his three highest scoring totals of the year in the last four games? And massively upped his his scoring output because he was not the leading scorer on this team. It was Alvarado what until, he, like, just now. Uh, what did he have? 29 and 14 against Duke? Yeah, he was insane against Duke in that OT win. Um, had some insane dunks, was just ridiculous. Shot 13 of 20 from the floor. Uh, against Syracuse, he played 40 minutes, scored 31, had 16 rebounds, and then 26 and 10 in the win at Virginia Tech. Georgia Tech's hot right now, by the way. My Georgia Tech Hornets. Are they the they're the Yellow Jackets? Yellow Jackets. Good try. I said little sleep. My <laughs> brain is not working. Sentences are not connecting. I'm seeing words at a time in my brain. And we're just going one by one and seeing what happens. We do our best to appease the uh, Hornets, the Gatek fans, the, the Gatek Hornets. <laughs> but that's not our finest moment. I, I'm just so perplexed by Moses Wright when he AC. We talked about yeah, where did that come? We talked about Carly Jones. We talked about Matthew Hurt. We talked about MJ Walker and Scotty Barnes. I said Sam Hauser because of efficiency based on adjusted tempo for Virginia, and we end up. With Moses Wright. <laughs> yeah, he literally put up three of his four highest scoring outputs of the year in the last four games. And one out of nowhere. Down the home stretch, it's like a, a horse race. And then in the last couple lengths, somebody just pulls from behind and wins. Out of nowhere. Nothing makes sense about that. Name and- if you're trying to cultivate a winning steed, name it Moses Wright. What seed is Georgia Tech in? I'd have to imagine they're hanging in around the 10 to 8 line. No, no, no. Like for the ACC, the ACC tournament, tournament, I'm tournament? looking it up at the moment. Well, if you want to get a, a rundown on Georgia seed. Tech's recent run of success at Wake, dub. First Duke, dub. Syracuse, dub. At Virginia Tech, that's the big one. Dub. At Miami, dub. Versus Pitt, dub. So they Six won in a row. S- and they're the four seed in the ACC tournament. We're going to get to the conference previews. I can't wait to hear what you think as far as chances that they win the ACC conference tournament. I think it's in Greensboro this year. Um, I mean, location doesn't necessarily matter aside from what the court ends up looking like, uh, and that's just aesthetic things. But um, the ACC tournament is literally a free-for-all, and I'm just looking – I just pulled up the odds – all I know, all I know, is that Syracuse will not be winning because it is in Greensboro. And then Jim Bayon wants to get out of there as quick as possible. Uh, so that's let's. Do you want to just start going through conference previews and conference predictions? I'm just excited about the Georgia, the God Tech Hornets. Let's let's talk more about the ACC. Let's do it. Okay, so before we preview the let's no no let's go to the ACC. Let's we're all over the place and I God Tech Hornets baby by um, a billion. Okay, there's no clear favorite to win. I'm going to read you the odds and tell me what sounds good to you. Florida State at plus 200, Virginia at plus 333, North Carolina at plus 500, Georgia Tech at plus 600. Virginia Tech, 4-0 against ranked teams is plus 750. And then just off the board, Duke at plus 1800 or Pitt, a little Justin Champagny run, 
plus 10,000. Uh, Can I pick none of the above? I mean, you've got to be absolutely willing to burn some money to bet on this conference tournament because it doesn't see like, seem like there's any uh, strong lean, but there's also some decent value plays. What is your pick to win? I know that Florida State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech are all like very flawed teams. I don't think that either of us at the moment is going to have uh, a lot of teams going to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament when this bracket comes out next Sunday, um, or this Sunday, excuse me. But what's your, your gauge on, your, what's your ACC power rankings? I mean, based on how they're playing right now, I feel like it's got to be Florida State faltered a little bit down the back end, lost mm-hmm. North Carolina. Uh, I feel like if you're just going based on who's got a hot hand right now, I would pick Georgia Tech to win the tournament, especially with the, the value you just read at plus 600. I feel better about them than I do about North Carolina, that's for sure. I think it's hilarious that Vegas is going to get people to buy in on North Carolina because most of the country t- tuned in to watch them beat Duke and didn't tune in to watch them get crushed by Marquette. But hey, so they went no. They went two and two in their last four, and the losses were Marquette and who? Because they beat Duke and they beat Florida State, and the Florida State win was mighty Resounding. impressive. They got crushed in the first half of that game and came back and won uh, in a must win. Their loss was at Syracuse. Oh, okay. They lost by two. They, they forgot Florida to guard State. Buddy Beheim. Forgot to guard Buddy Bayheim. They beat Florida State. Beat Duke. They also got that one versus Louisville um, a couple weeks ago. So, North Carolina has trended towards a team that will make the tournament. I just don't trust them to win three or four games in a row or whatever it is in the ACC tournament to get this done. Yeah, it's so are you taking Georgia Tech? Is that your pick? Why not? Sure. Okay. That's right. I'm going to say Florida State, and I have zero confidence in it because it seems like once every three or four games, they take on somebody who they should just absolutely outclass given their talent and skill and size, and they lose. So, I think it might be time for Scotty Barnes to start. I mean, I think so too, but I don't know how much it really matters because he still plays starter minutes. It's the it's the Dion Waiter situation. It's... We know this guy is talented, but Leonard Hamilton just honestly wants to, you know, like be able to go in a couple years and say, you know, what's with him? Patrick, Patrick Williams. Williams off the bench. <laughs> Mifiondu Cabangele off the bench. Scotty Barnes off the bench. And all of them are the NBA guys. Yeah, all of them were the best players on their individual teams. Uh, Terrence Mann, maybe aside. Are you at all interested? What's your level of interest in Duke? Watching Duke in this tournament. Watching your boy Matthew Hurt. Like a six. I mean, as soon as you want to buy in, they just aren't. They just aren't. <laughs> they just aren't. Yeah, that's what I got. They just aren't. I mean, the fact that the fact that Duke could be done on Tuesday of conference championship week and the fact that they were a, not a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament, a 10 seed in the ACC tournament, uh, goes to show how poor of a year it's been for the ACC. So I'm taking Florida State. You're taking Georgia Tech. Let's move to the Big Ten. This is a league that it feels like everyone in this league is ready for the regular season to be done. Everyone in this league is ready to go play some other teams, especially in a year where you didn't get the typical non-conference slate and you didn't get as many opportunities to go play other teams. With that being said, we, we've kind of got a top four of Illinois and Michigan in one way or the other. 
it seems like everybody has them one or two in that league. And then Iowa and Ohio State as the three and four. I know Purdue is seated as the four, uh, but most people still think Ohio State's better, even though both teams are 18 and eight. What intrigues you most about this tournament? This is not a question. It's Michigan State. Okay. It has to be Michigan State. I was going to say, I literally just wrote as a Michigan State question mark. So yeah. provide your thoughts on Tom. I mean, Michigan squad. State's a team that was massively underwhelming for the majority of the year, even prior to the COVID pause. After they beat Duke, I bought in. Obviously, I had perceptions about Duke that were incorrect at that time period that informed how I saw Michigan State in that moment. That said, it's, as we know, January, February is O. And that's bearing true now. I mean, even in February, Izzo was getting it getting it right. Like, we were saying all year, he was just, you know, he was trying to get people off the scent. He oversold it and for a he, long he waited time. a little bit too long, but he for got it going at the time. end. I mean, three, correct me if I'm wrong, three top ten wins, because Ohio State was ranked in the top ten when Michigan State beat them. They beat Illinois, they beat Michigan, they beat Ohio State recently. Right? They're playing great basketball. I said this to you, I'll say it again. And this isn't a shot at, like, A.J. Hogard or whatever. Except maybe it will definitely come across as one. Somehow putting worse basketball players into their starting five has made them a better basketball team. With Rocket Watts now coming off the bench, with Hauser coming off the bench, like we assume that these are the better basketball players on Michigan State's roster, but it somehow has freed up Aaron Henry to play at a better level the last couple I mean, they got thumped by Michigan when they played them in, in Ann Arbor, but they got them back in East Lansing to finish out their regular season. I just, it, I would feel much more confident about them making a deep run in Chicago if their second-round matchup was not against Michigan because I feel like it would be very difficult to beat them again. Yeah, but I feel like at the, at the same time, I'm like, I just saw Michigan State lose by 19 to Michigan or 20. Was it 19 or was it 29? It was, it was, it was 19. bad. It was 19. On thir- that was on Thursday. They turn around on Sunday and they win by six. And I know that it's a different arena, but there's nobody there aside from parents. So It was senior day for Michigan State. I understand that. Rocket Watts, 21 points, four rebounds, four assists. If I know I'm going to get that out of him like he played on Sunday. And by the way, you don't know that. Exactly. That's, the, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If if I knew that, I'd be a lot more in in on Michigan State making a run. You, you bring up a great point. Michigan playing them three times in less than a, a week, week would be a significant challenge. But I almost wonder if they might look ahead and be like, we we want another lick at Michigan and get got by get Maryland. Got by Maryland. been getting teams this year and is somehow going to make the tournament very quietly. Just comfortably make the field. But at the same time, and I, I almost, I mean, we're talking ourselves into being excited about this, the Thursday slate, which is the second day of the Big Ten tournament. Oh, and by the way, I do not care about Indiana. Just so that we can get out of the way. I don't either. I've... Watch, watch Marchy in March go marching, beat Illinois, beat Iowa, beat everybody, get to the NCAA tournament. Anyway. So, <laughs> I'm just keep an eye on Maryland because if they do lose to Michigan State um, after losing to Penn State on Sunday and Northwestern earlier last week, three straight losses to three teams that are in the bottom 
half of the Big Ten. I know that everybody's like, oh, the Big Ten's so strong. Big Ten's so deep. It's not going to be the 11-bid league that people thought it was going to be. It's probably going to be, be nine. Eight or nine yeah. yeah. And it could be eight if Maryland loses this game and some other things happen as far as some... I don't think Rutgers is fully safe either. I think Rutgers is relatively safe. They're, again, I would just ask why. I mean, they went 10-10 and 10 in the league. And that's with the the blemish on their schedule or on their resume, one in six against ranked teams, that's what you can hold against them. But they won. It, unfortunately, average gets rewarded when you're a power five team or power six team. And especially when you're in the power league that is nationally viewed as the best, which is what the Big Ten is. So Rutgers is probably going to get it. But well, only other thing that circles, I think Penn State could be Wisconsin. Yeah, I think that they'll I think they'll beat Nebraska, which sets up Wisconsin. And then if they get there to Friday, kind of be gassed at that point, but could give Iowa a run. I would say shout out Miles Dredd. We're both very bored with Indiana, but Trace Jackson Davis just deserves so much better. He does deserve so much better. Indiana, I I wonder what the chances are that Archie Miller's back next year because his buyout after this season is a little over $10 million. His buyout, if he stays till next year and then leaves, is something like $3.2 million. So they saved $7 million to keep him around for another year. And the athletic department just gave football coach Tom Allen a raise. So you kind of wonder if that's going to happen. With that being said, if they somehow beat Rutgers, which I don't think that they will, this team seems like it just rolls over. They continually get worse every single year in February. It's like the opposite of Tom Izzo. Um, if they would beat Rutgers, then they get Illinois, who they lost to two by two in Champaign, and they lost to at home in overtime. So it's it's a team that matches up well with them. Um, I would just say the thing I'm most intrigued by that Friday slate should be nuts, especially if we get a third matchup of Wisconsin-Iowa, if we get Illinois-Rutgers, Purdue and Ohio State would be a ton of fun. Um, Minnesota-Northwestern, no one should watch that game on Wednesday night. And then you. if we do get Michigan-Michigan State, like that Friday is four straight really, really good Big Ten games. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I just would like to say one last thing about Rutgers. I mean... Just looking at their team sheet, four and eight against Q one. Like Duke is two and five, and we are sure that they're going to miss the tournament. Duke so did. by winning percentage, it's not that crazy. Given four wins compared to two is significant. Yeah, and in I feel it, like if Duke played in the Big Ten, though, they would have been able to somehow scrounge together four Q one wins because they're just there. I don't think so. I I think that that team just falls apart on the on the road and would have been like. Minnesota, not Minnesota level bad, but they would have been. Yeah, that's hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to be. Uh, the Booth Mobile ran off the road this this year. Zero and ten on the road, picking the conference championship uh, for conference tournament. Is it Illinois? Is that too obvious? Or are you on Michigan? Or really are you on Michigan do, State? <laughs> I really do want to pick Illinois. I really do want to pick Michigan State. My head tells me Michigan. Michigan faltered hard at the end of the year, though. And honestly, we have to have a discussion about them being a one if they lose to Michigan State, I think. Mm. I don't know if there is a legitimate you're team to with. replace them, but I, that would be, what, three losses? 
in two weeks in a two week span. Yeah. After going the majority of the year with one, so do with that what you will. If you're an Illinois fan, are you as mad? Are you as mad as I t- said to you that I would be? That because Illinois does. Illinois is not a team that wins a lot of league championships. Yeah, I would be. So I'd hang the banner anyway. You beat Michigan at their place by 23 without your best player. You are assuming the conference is going by win percentage. They're assuming. I'm assuming. <laughs> nice. They're assuming that Michigan would have gone two and one in those last three games. And one of those games that they would have had to make up is Michigan at Illinois, which was on a day where Michigan was cleared to play. The women's program played that day. Jawan Howard and the men's program said, we need extra time. I would be livid if I was an Illinois fan. I have no comment to the contrary. Okay. So I think we're both on Illinois. If I'm hearing correct. No, I'm going to go with Michigan. Okay. State. Michigan State. (laughs) His own. (laughs) You're all in on Rocket Watts and Aaron Henry. Let's head to the Big 12. Um, Do you want to... I'll let you pick which way we go. Do you want to talk about surging Oklahoma State first, or do you want to talk about the uh, failing Sooners as they've lost four straight? We've got to talk about Oklahoma, because at this point, everybody... Again, a team that's just quietly fallen from grace, starting with the loss of Kansas State, which might be the worst loss by a ranked team all season. It not might. It, it, it is, definitely. Yeah. It is. Like, that... Wow. You lost to Kansas State. I mean, Kansas State was the first team to lose to a D2 team and beat a top-10 team since 1933. Was Tex Winter the coach? It was Wake Forest that did it. And I don't know who... I have... Literally no idea. Oh, Probably, no. I, I don't know why I assumed Kansas State was the one who No, was. It, was, it was Wake Forest. It was Wake Forest. It was Wake Forest. It was like it had to be Kansas State. No, uh, I mean, dude, it's just like with Oklahoma, it was a team that we thought was kind of overperforming and it was cool. And then it looked sustainable because Brady Manick was getting back into his little rhythm. And it wasn't. I mean, do you think they're as bad as this little skit is? I mean, the all the predictive measures, so they've fallen to 25. And, and by the way, they've lost some of these games closely. I mean, they lost in overtime to Oklahoma State, and Cade just gave them 40. They lost by 4 to Oklahoma State. They lost by 4 to Oklahoma State again. They lost by 4 to Texas. And the other loss was K-State. K-State one was horrible. Um, Oklahoma's also won a ton of very close games throughout the course of the year. They also missed a trip to Baylor. And that's another loss. And if that's happening, they're 14 and 10. And then we're talking about them being an eight or nine seed instead of them being a six or seven. And some Are you going to pick against them in the first round of the matchups, right? Yeah, I if would. They took, if they got Loyola. I would pick Loyola. That's our litmus test. Are you playing Loyola? And if you are, are you losing? Yeah, that is the litmus test. And it's interesting because I don't feel like they're hor- – they, they don't have any glaring issues – they just, they never were elite. They were getting by. They were good. Playing well. And they are good. Yeah, they're a competent team, and they're probably still, like, even this, 14-9, and nine, I feel like they outperformed expectations. I still feel like it was a good coaching job by Lon Kruger, yeah. aside from probably one lost game. coach of the year in the league. Well, don't get me started about giving. That should go to Mike Boynton. Don't get me started about giving coach of the year 
to the most talented team performing meeting its expectations when that league has consistently not given it to the coach who has had the most yeah it should have been Boynton Boynton or or self yes they had the best job and I would argue I would argue Bob Huggins did a better job than Scott Drew this year in terms of Elevating that I team. I love how you've gone. When they lost, when they lost Oscar Sheway. I, I love how you've gone full anti Baylor. This is a that's cool how list. you know it's March. Yeah, and Tom is always coming back around, and I'm slandering Scott Drew's name mm-hmm. on this program. Um, all right, so are you? How far can Oklahoma State go? How far? How in are you on the? I feel like this now? is a prime example of a team peaking too early. You think so? You don't feel like this is a, a UConn situation? You can't just. Well, the thing about UConn is UConn got, like really revved up in the conference tournament, right? I, they That's stumbled too early. The, they stumbled to the end of the regular season. True. And then got going in New York. Captured lightning in a bottle. I feel like this is a little early for Oklahoma. We'll see how healthy Kate is. The NCAA still has not given a comment about what they're going to do with Oklahoma State. They're which not means doing they're anything. eligible. They're not doing that's, anything. No, that's the point I'm making. It means they're eligible. If they haven't said anything, they're going to be eligible, right? If, if so, that cl- if <laughs> the NCAA you shall not pass. If the NCAA comes out this week <laughs> and says Oklahoma State's not eligible, that would be just about the, the a. It'd be a stupid business move to keep Cade Cunningham uh, off of off of your TVs. Yeah. And second of all, it would they, the NCAA's done a lot of crappy things before robbing this team of a tournament seven, less than seven days before the bracket comes out would be ridiculous. Like um, ultimate good guy, Mike Boyden, who just was like, yeah, okay, if you want to transfer, you can. And he didn't, right? And then he's been a, he's so been, much fun. Yeah, and like this team, Caleb Boone has been like an unsung hero for this team when he scores the ball well. They are like 9-1, and one, I think, when he scores over like 15. I may be pulling that number out of my butt. But uh, he's been really good. Uh, this team is just like, they're good. They're just they're just good. They're good. They're, they're a supporting cast. If you want to talk about Oklahoma outperforming expectations, Oklahoma State's supporting cast, because they really haven't had Isaac Likely like at all, um, yeah, is he going to be back? I don't know. I've, I've honestly have not read an injury report. I just know that Avery Anderson has stepped up to the point yes. where it almost, dare I say, it doesn't matter to some extent. Um, and if Cade is going to be super clutch and just dominate the last four minutes of every single game, if they can just keep it close, they're going to be good. Do you think they win the first game that they play in the quarterfinal? Because they get... West Virginia, which is obviously a tough matchup, but they that's the way West life Virginia. goes without Cade. I do not think they'd be West Virginia. So you think we're getting Deuce McBride against Baylor in the semis? Deuce McBride, is that what we're calling it now? That's what Fran Frischilla calls him every single time. I honestly don't know the origins of the nickname. I'll accept that. But, and his his number's four. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. What? I'm very confused. Are you picking Baylor? Quattro McBride. Are you picking Baylor? Quattro McBride. <laughs> We're going to start that. All right. Quattro McBride. Um, <laughs> are, you Quattro. Picking, are you picking Baylor? And if if you're not, who's most likely to beat them? Is it West Virginia in the first, uh, in the semifinal? Is it Oklahoma State in the semifinal? Or is it Kansas? I am picking Baylor. The guard play is just too good. They've got too many guys that can beat you. It, it really is that simple. There is no team in the country. I don't know if there's any team 
again, I keep throwing around this very recklessly when I talk about Baylor. Any team ever that has, like, just four guards that on any given night could play it, like, and Flagler, this is a little bit of a stretch for Yeah, you're a mega, like, big Flagler guy. Big Flagler fan. Um, Next year's going to be a real referendum referendum on that. Flagler and Poi next year. (laughs) Mark it down. Um, But... No, like, well, at least three legit guards, right, that can carry you in, like, a national championship level game. Yeah. They're just, they. that's how they overwhelm teams. They just keep coming. They defend, they defend, they defend. Mark Vidal, is, he's also quietly donned a mask. He's got the nose protector going on right now, which makes him even scarier. Shamwa Shashua. It's a good time. Baylor's going to win this league. Um, title in Kansas City. They're going to complete the double. And I think the big thing that I'm looking for is I think Kansas will make an early exit. Losing to Oklahoma in this first round? I don't know if it's going to be Oklahoma. I do not think they'll make it past the quarterfinal. So, yeah, it would no, be no. Oklahoma. Yeah, it would be Oklahoma. It would, would be Oklahoma. So, yeah, I good I, I, semifinal then. We'll say that, the semifinal. I don't think they'll make it past the semifinal. I'm... Confident. You know it's March because I'm all I'm all the way back Overly in. Overly confident. And again, Kansas has just not won a meaningful game all year along, aside or aside from Texas Tech, away from the the field house. And I would say most of those issues came in January, and they've righted the ship. They and haven't played any road games. We'll see since January. <laughs> I mean, the Texas one, which they fell apart, so that would support your conclusion. I would say confidence level. Um, on Kansas getting to the Big 12 championship game, I'd say I'm at a 7 out of 10. Or are they wearing the red uniforms? I doubt it. If they do, we have a change. If they do, you're changing your opinion. The reverse retros, which are... Which we've come around on. We They need to change the font to the Will Chamberlain era font on the jersey. But the, the shorts are immaculate. The shorts are special. And it should just be their normal shorts in blue and white variations in well, as well. And cream. Kansas home uniforms should just be cream. Yeah, I would support that take. Uh, I will. Ju- I would. I would just say I want KU to beat Oklahoma, not just because it's KU beating Oklahoma, but it sets up either the third matchup with Shaka, which I can't imagine Bill Self loses to Shaka three times in a year if that happens. Um, would you eat a shoe? No, but I would be. We might. We might struggle for a week there um, until the bracket comes out. It's. I feel way more confident in Kansas getting to the Big 12 championship game than I do that Kansas will get out of the first week of the NCAA tournament. Wow. That's my last thought on that. So, with that being said, I'm picking Baylor as well to win this conference tournament. You just got to be dumb to pick anyone else. And I, I've i come to the point I've come to the point with the Baylor Bears where it's not a one-for-one one comparison, uh-huh. but they give me offensively and just with the way that they kind of work, the Butler Teague Mitchell setup kind of gives me Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunters like vibes of like you've got kind just of having three guys that can overwhelm you individually, but they also tend to click together. And odds are they're the reason they're so hard to beat is that odds are all three are not having a bad night at the same time. Right. And even though Hunter is a significantly bigger guy his defensive ability kind of matches up with Davion Mitchell's and Jared Butler's kind of that slow methodical guard, like 
Ty Jerome. I feel like it's really disrespectful to compare him to Ty Jerome because he is much more athletic than Ty Jerome is. I mean, I might be dumb, but I don't remember the last time Jared Butler dunked a ball. Yeah, but he's, like, quick. Like, he can beat guys off the bounce. He's not shooting a lot of floaters like Ty Jerome was. He's getting to the Fair. That's fair. Um, I'm saying it's not a one-for-one comparison, but I get those vibes. Can we move on to the Big East? Because I was looking at team sheets just now, and the algorithm knows me because it's showing me UConn graphic t-shirts. It's time. In the Big East preview and picks, um, let's let's just go full pros and cons mode right now. Okay, let's do it. Pro, UConn is back. I'm going to keep saying it every <laughs> single time because they're just winning basketball games now. I'm very con. excited for you to get cons. Con. Everybody seems to know they're back. <laughs> and that scares me a lot. It's, it's, the, it's only fun until everyone thinks it's the fun and trendy thing, and then it's no longer... like. It was cool to be in on UConn when you were in on UConn, and now floor. everyone is in on UConn. And I don't know why. It feels like... What it, have they done? It feels like a little bit of like Bitcoin where <laughs> everybody wants to get out. Like, it feels very fraudulent. token. In a, couple, in a couple weeks slash years, it could either be really, really good and make you look smart because they win the national title, or everyone could be like... We're never bailing on the American dollar and <laughs> gives up on them and they, they flame out. That's, I don't know if that's a, an apt comparison. You're pulling up pictures of Dan Hurley yelling, uh, probably because he's celebrating his giant contract extension. Your extension for Dan Hurley, the better Hurley. So what's he, what's his extension take him to? How many years? Uh, Two more years, but that's to what, 2025? I think 2025, correct. Okay. We're looking up the specs right now. Big time news. Okay. I want to gauge your confidence level because I told you yesterday, I think everyone is so so down for the UConn run that we're going to get some St. John's run. We're going to get Posh Alexander. Yeah, it scares me. It scares me a lot. I mean, okay, legit pros, right? Okay. UConn is throttling everybody they're playing since Book Knight got back that's not Villanova. And that was a game that they just shot the ball uncharacteristically badly. You also have to take into account now that Villanova is a little bit of a stuck pig because they don't have Gillespie. That's the big or more there. or Justin Moore. Also true, Gillespie will. I mean, Nova didn't slam the door shut. They said we'll likely miss the rest of the year with a torn MCL. That means he will miss the year with a torn MCL. But, I mean, that's an injury that can take about six weeks to rehab. And if Villanova somehow got to, like, the Final Four, maybe he could throw on a knee brace and try and tough it out. Anyway, that's pretty irrelevant because that will not happen. UConn then all of a sudden becomes the team that everybody's heads turn towards because Creighton's got that thing going on. We should maybe talk about it now with their coach, McDermott. All the racial comments that he made that were just weird about plantations and whatnot to his team. He apologized. He said he was willing to resign. The school said, no, we'll let you continue to coach because the players said we want him to continue to coach. And then after they lose to Villanova, they're like, "Ah, psych, you're suspended now indefinitely. And then they reinstated him today after one game. It was very strange. Yeah, it, it, at least from everything I've read, it appears... The reference that he made 
I was very confused by. I think all of his players were very confused yeah. by. And I mean, I've definitely read it before. I've heard of it before, but I haven't heard anyone that's involved in modern society use it very frequently. Like I grew up in the South and I've never heard somebody say something to that effect. I mean, I've read it before, but I've certainly never heard anyone use it in recent memory. So it's odd that he used it. It's it's also it was just an like it wasn't an apt thing. It's not like it's, it's not like, like Creighton he forced was, it in there. And well, it it just feels like he kind of. I mean, he didn't really have an understanding for where his team was. I think they lost to Xavier. That's not a horrible loss. It's not a, a close game. It's not a season-ending th- situation. And he ca- he went overboard and told his team he would be ready to be – he would resign if they wanted him to. They didn't want him to. The administration going flip-flop on whether he should be suspended or not is certainly odd. But I understand that based on what I read today, they did an internal review – and now I just don't good. know what changed between them gearing up for Villanova in the next game. I mean, for full context, if you've not heard the quote, here is the exact quote. Quote, this is again from Creighton head coach Greg McDermott. After the Xavier loss in the locker room, guys, we got to stick together. We need both feet in. I need everyone to stay on the plantation. I can't have anybody leave the plantation. It's just weird. Yeah, it's it's odd. It makes no sense. It feels highly unnecessary. There are so many synonyms that he could have used for the word plantation that would have accomplished the exact same message. It's just strange. I don't know how your mind gets there. Yeah, it's it's very odd. And the athletic director said uh, today... His immediate apology, ownership of his actions, difficult dialogue with his team, and more. Um, through all of this, Coach McDermott has demonstrated a commitment to grow. So, And I guess in that respect, uh, this is the way you're supposed to handle this kind of situation. You're not supposed to you know, dig your feet in and fight it and start a podcast. <laughs> Great reference. I support that take as well. Um, with that being said... We look at the bracket for the Big East Tournament as I pull it up. Uh, if I can find it, excuse me. Um, Villanova's the one seed. They will take on the winner of Marquette Georgetown. Um, Creighton's the two seed. They take on the winner of Butler Xavier. And Connecticut yep. is the three seed. They take on the winner of DePaul Providence. If you had to pick one of those three teams to not make it to the semifinals, which one is it and why? I feel, I feel like it's got to be Creighton. A team that's been a streaky team all year long that is heavily reliant on outside shooting, particularly from Marcus Sigurowski. I just... Mm, I get concerned about them. Obviously with the off-court stuff as well. More so than I do Villanova. And can UConn. Uh, but also, though, Villanova just hasn't been that good this year, and they just lost their epitome leader. Like, that is, by all accounts, what Gillespie is. He's more than just a point guard. Like, he is the driving force behind that team. Off the floor, on the floor, like, he is their leader. And seeing how they respond to that, I think, will tell you a lot. Because now they've had, like, a week to equalize after the injury. So, 
I completely agree with that. I would normally pick Villanova. Yeah. But somehow UConn has legitimately become the favorite. Yeah, and let me pull up the odds. Uh, Although I would not be surprised that if Providence got them, because Providence has proved their medal throughout the course of the year. Literally, you, I, I had this earlier this week. Don't tell me they're the favorite. They are the betting favorite. I had UConn at, I hate it here. at plus 500. I hate it here. UConn. I got, off my bandwagons. UConn, I got them last week at plus 500 odds to win the Big East Tournament. They are now plus 190. Creighton is second at plus 235. Villanova is plus 275. So Villanova is the third team. I would normally say Villanova is the most likely to get upset based on the matchups and such. But I don't trust Marquette and Georgetown enough. I honestly think the most dangerous one is Creighton. I agree with you. As long as Xavier beats Butler. Because Xavier absolutely can beat Creighton. Yeah, and Xavier can make a run in this tournament. I think I, if, I you, think so, if you're looking at... they'd lose to UConn. In the well, I'm look, if you're looking at the teams of that, six that plus. will f- play in the first day of the tournament, right? You, think you circle Xavier and St. John's, yeah. I think. I think. St. John's has a guard play to do it. And then Xavier is a very capable team. And I think if they wear the throwbacks, they've got a shot. Lenardi currently has them as... Last four in, so they right. They probably if they need to beat win Creighton, a game or two and hope for people not to steal bids or beat like I said a game or two. If they beat Creighton, they are in. If they lose to Butler, they're out. They're out. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to be desperate. Yeah, you're in. <laughs> last 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 pro, pro. <laughs> last pro. I think you know what's coming. I know exactly. Book and I posted a picture today of him at Seton Hall. He got his little elbow sleeve on, which he's now free of. He's playing. Freely, I like no long sleeves, I like no elbow, look, little no uh, David West elbow sleeve going on anymore. Jonas Valanciunas type beat. Uh, he said, "I didn't come this far to only come this far." Then he put a bag next to it, like a briefcase emoji. It's a business trip. National champs, book it. B O U K. Um. If we're going to go that far, uh, we are. UConn... Because if, if everybody's going to say they're going to win the Big East, i got to double down and be ahead of them. UConn is plus 650 to make the Final Four, and they are plus... Twan... Twan? Excuse me. Plus 2,600 to make... To win the national championship, which is tied with... Kansas's odds got updated. It's tied with Texas at plus 2,600. Can I take both? Can I parlay them? You can't. <laughs> yeah. Both of them win the national championship. Yes. I mean, you certainly could because one way or the other, you're making. Can I parlay them plus to two. meet in the national title? No, but you could put. I should pick Texas to win the Big 12. Can I flip my pick? That's absolutely ridiculous. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. You can. All right. Have we talked enough Big East? Are we ready to go to the? Uh, I think we have. to Nashville. I thought, oh, let's do it. All right, we're headed down. It to gets Nashville. weird in Nashville. It does like get a weird. Very underrated conference tournament venue, that Bridgestone. So, because the conference tournament starts on or closes on Sunday, everything's kind of pushed back a, uh, a, a day or two. So, I mentioned earlier Duke could be done on Tuesday. I thought Kentucky could be done on Wednesday. I forgot they don't play till Thursday. If Kentucky beats, I believe it's Mississippi, Mississippi State, State, they would play Alabama. Shout out to Jerry Stackhouse. Did not finish last. Finished 12th. Let's go. Anchor down. Shout out to Scotty Pippen Jr. for making all-conference first team on a team that won, what, one league game? Two league games? 
Three league games. I think three. Shout out Scotty Pippen Jr. No, Cincinnati was just a random pickup. No, they, I'm pretty sure they won too. But good, good win to close yes. the year headed yes. to Nashville. You, you see me now. Yes. Um, they, they got killed by Ole Miss also too last week. But okay. But on the radar of fun things that could happen that would really turn the college basketball world upside down, Kentucky going on a run in this tournament would be fun. I don't necessarily want it to happen because I love watching Alabama play. What are the odds you think Kentucky could get Alabama in in the quarterfinals and advance to the semis? And then once they get to the semis, Big Blue Nation is going to absolutely, would absolutely talk themselves into, we're going to get hot, we're going to have a tourney run. Well, I mean, if they get past Bama, they could win it. That's not unreasonable at all, given their talent. I mean, Tennessee is a team that's been susceptible all year. They just killed Tennessee. I don't know why it would be so ridiculous. And if they beat Alabama, they, I, of course they got to get past Mississippi State in the eight nine to start. We they, they will. They will They'll do win that. that game. It's a pretty clear drop off in the SEC from the eighth best team to the ninth best team. If they do that, I think they could beat Bama. I don't think they will. I don't think they can shoot enough. But they could. It's March. Anything can happen. You certainly want to buy into the storyline. The matchup's not great. They definitely could beat Tennessee, and that's assuming Tennessee gets there. They'd have to probably probably get through Florida first. I I, I think it could happen. I the SEC is uh, the first league that we've come to where I could see genuinely see like eight different outcomes playing out. It it could be. Wild because I, I mean, Kentucky has the preseason talent that everyone was talking about and has played better consistently throughout the year. And most importantly, unlike Duke, has not just folded in games like, aside from yeah. aside from just getting bull rushed by Bama on their own court. And that was what late January, early February. It that was, was a while ago, honestly, kind of a turning point, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, besides that, uh. I mean, Missouri has shown signs of life to beat good teams. They also really struggled at the end of their that, schedule. That as well. I mean, Missouri fans went real quick from chirping KU fans to uh, being like, we're, oh, we're no. good with an eight seed. We're good with a nine seed. Um, of But five, six, seven, and eight, I could all see making the in, – in the SEC, I could see making the title game. So Kentucky, LSU – Florida, Ole Miss. I can see any of those teams going on a run. Yep. Yeah, Ole Miss does it on the defensive end. Wouldn't be necessarily as fun, I don't think. I, would, I mean, you I know, you know, I love me some hottie toddy. Best uniforms in the SEC, maybe in the country. The blue ones. The 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 powder blues are great, but like just the general look of them, strong '80s type vibe, very cool. I think they can make a run, absolutely, and like the team that. Everybody's talking about now about what their ceiling is, is Arkansas, who has played out of their mind down the stretch and been the best team in the SEC over the last month. Over Alabama, I'd say. So, And then LSU's just chilling there. And can put 100 on anybody. Correct, and has kind of leveled out. Although, after I w- a rough start. And I would say... If we're going to... Because it sounds like both of us think weird things are going to happen. Yes, absolutely. South Carolina is going to win the tournament. That's not going to happen. No, it's but not. I, I will say, 
I'll go out on a limb and say Ole Miss is getting to the semifinal. They're beating LSU. You're certain of that. They I, are opposite styles. Yeah. But I think it's it's a lot easier to to win with Ole Miss's style than it is with LSU's. Like, LSU's defense is significantly, significantly worse to the extent that they can make an average Ole Miss offense look good. And I'm confused why Joe Lenardi has Ole Miss as the next four out in his most recent bracketology behind even Memphis uh, and Syracuse and teams of that like. They did beat Ole Miss when these two teams got together in Oxford in the early season, January. That was early a long, January. That was a long time, time ago. ago. Their second game was postponed. Long time ago. Long time ago. Yes. So I'm. What what's what's the one weird thing that you're willing to go out on a limb on? I've been waiting for Vanderbilt to make a run in Nashville. <laughs> I mean, they did it a couple years ago with Riley LaChance. Shout out. But uh, that will not be happening this year. If you had to pick a five, six, seven, or eight, I I'm feel taking like it'd be Florida. Okay. Who's been all over the place all year long? If I get if I want to get really really frisky with it. Georgia, Ooh. Simon Wheeler's been playing at a very high level. They knocked off LSU a couple weeks ago, shown the propensity to maybe do something. So, if I really wanted to pick a dark horse, and it's a real dark horse, I'd go with Tom Crean, the Crenaissance. But uh, I'm more so interested to watch Arkansas. And see what Alabama's real championship equity looks like with this team. The odds makers think that they're roughly the same chance as Bama to win it. Plus 215, plus 260. Bama's favored. And you think LSU's safely in the field. And, like, they've not been suspended yet, have they? That's not, That's also not going to happen. So they're good. Will Wade, the American gangster, just keeps rolling on. <laughs> that, that he does. Um, with that being said... I'm going to pick Alabama. I think a lot of team. I think you a lot of to. weird stuff happens, but at the end of the day, I'm ride or die for Nate Oates. Nate Goats. Nate Goats. <laughs> who are you picking? I'm picking his equal counterpart, the man who is the muscle man who takes his shirt off. Okay. Give me a Ric Flair. Woo. Arkansas. Woo pig. Okay. So I I will say and just there's no way that either of these two teams win now that we said it aloud and locked it in. No, I I'm, it's, I'm it's honestly rooting to be Texas A&M. No, but I'm honestly like the thing I'm rooting for, the thing that would make me happiest would be Ole Miss winning that tournament. We both just have a soft spot, a soft spot for Ole Miss. Romello White, Devontae Schuler, yeah. Kermit Davis. Yeah. How can you root against that team? Yeah, I've, I've been waiting for Kermit to break through. Like, Kermit was awesome at MTSU, and he's kind of underperformed at Ole Miss. Like, dude had Terrence Davis. They yeah. were not that good. Yeah. He, he should uh, – Terrence Davis was, man. Affected. Shout out Marshall Henderson. Bring him back. He's an assistant coach. Put him on the floor. Give him his baggy shorts. Let him run the baseline. Let him play in. All right, let's head out west. Legitimately, hold on. How good do you think Ole Miss would be if they had, like, current 27-year-old Marshall Marshall Henderson (laughs) on this team available? They wouldn't be the— Is Marshall Henderson in his prime? People are asking. They wouldn't be the 116th adjusted offensive efficiency team if they had him. 
They probably also wouldn't be 19th in defensive efficiency. But. When I saw Romello White scored 30 for this team one time, I'm like, oh boy. Wow. They are throwing it in the post. <laughs> He's, he was probably that on about that third or fourth post-entry pass. He He's was like, like, this is an odd feeling. <laughs> I'm not used to this. What is this orb that they keep tossing towards me? They keep telling me to put my back against this guy and ask for the ball. I don't like, what is this concept? What is going on? All right, let's talk Pac-12 basketball. Uh, oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's. It, Speaking we'll, of Romello White. Yeah, we'll, we'll close this out, uh, close our conference picks out, and then get to scholarships and sanctions. Um, and then we'll be back basically within two days to kind of recap what's happened at the start of these tournaments. But this is March. It's going to be very chaotic. We're busy people. We're going to talk to you when we can. Yeah, well, the, the podcast feed will maintain and be up um the neon lights are burning might be up at odd times and tweeted at odd hours but we're gonna watch these games and we're gonna talk about them and you're gonna listen about it um let's start we, we just mentioned Romello White we just made uh, a slight reference to Arizona State and its lack of post touches they just lost by 39 God. on Saturday it was close at halftime in a game that not, t- they were down 13 at halftime. Well, it got a little bit. It was not that bad approaching halftime. Yeah. I'll rephrase. Utah just Utah like didn't make threes either, and they scored 90. And they hadn't scored 80 in a game all year. Ah. So. Burn the black reverse retros. This is like the seventh time I've referenced uniforms today. But, like, those are just bad. Yeah. The Remy Martin experience, his career, it was special – um, does it end? Does it end against Washington State on Wednesday afternoon quietly at three p.m. roughly Pacific time, or does it end in a brutal Thursday morning <laughs> slaughtering by the Ducks? Well, I mean, ASU just beat Washington State twice in a week, like last week. It's hard to beat a team three times, especially in that. I almost said good, but Washington State is. Shout out Bonton. He hasn't been playing recently due to an injury. But shout out to him. Shout out Isaac Bonton. Is he going to play in the tournament? I don't know. I haven't read the We'll check our sources in report. Get back to you. Um, <laughs> it sounds like you're leaning toward it ending with Dana Altman. No, I think it's going to Washington State. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I think they beat Washington State. Is Bag- so Bagley is back. Tweaked his ankle against again. Colorado. Didn't play against Utah. So we think Bagley might be back. Or might not. Or we think he might have kind of given up on the year. I don't want to go there. Joshua Christopher certainly has. Seems like it. Oh, I kind of hope he comes back for the conference tournament and just redeems himself. That would be awesome. But That would be... He doesn't owe us. Arizona State. He doesn't owe us anything. Arizona, Let me clarify. Well, Arizona State is less likely to make the conference tournament semifinal than it, any of the five through eight in the SEC are to win the tournament. Yeah. That's my take. I'll give you that. It's more likely that Kentucky, Missouri, LSU, or sorry, Florida. Missouri ain't winning that tournament. It's still more likely that Missouri wins the SEC tournament than Arizona State beats Oregon. Are we sure? I'm 1,000% sure of that. Don't count out Mark Smith, Drew Smith, just going off. Okay. Smith, Smith, and Smith, along with Parker Brown. I mean, I've heard that uh, 
Kevin Mobley is in the transfer portal. Can ASU get some of that? If you don't know what I'm talking about, look up USC Twitter. USC yeah. men's basketball on Twitter. Yeah. with So, I already mentioned it. I already referenced it. Oregon, um, Dana Altman in March is a menace. Somehow they ended up as the one seed. That should be on a t-shirt. Dana Altman in March, ellipses. A is a menace and is a menace is on the back. That's their shooting shirt. So Oregon is. <laughs> Can you imagine if Oregon rolls into the arena with Dana Altman in March on the front? Dot 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 on the back is a menace. Is a menace. Long sleeve like yellow Nike shirts. It would be wild. I I do want to say reading headlines this week. Uh, I stumbled upon this today. Bruin report online. Uh, which is UCLA's 247 sports site, uh, tweeted, the last week has been tough for UCLA basketball. Stepping back and looking at the bigger picture, is Mick Cronin still the guy to get it done Oh, my God. We're doing this. Calm down. We're doing this. Calm down. He just signed Amari Bailey. Calm down. Good God. I mean, it's been so bad for... For so long, and then they have an ounce of success. How? How? Just how? So we have UCLA getting mad at Mick Cronin. We have Oregon. They just lost to the buzzer. Yeah, we have Oregon coming in, rounding into form. We've got USC, um, which I think we could potentially. I know he's a lot more fun to watch, but we could potentially see a DeAndre Ayton type tournament. Domination yep. by Evan Mobley. And McKinley Wright quietly could steal the show. And I will say this. This is the one pick that I feel like is kind of off the board. I'm picking Colorado to win this conference tournament. I don't hate it. I think if USC gets beat before the conference championship game, it'll be Oregon. If Oregon has to play USC, I think they will lose. Because they have just no answers for Evan Mobley. They, I mean, they just Amarui is six foot eight. And play center for them because they're a team of just six foot eight guys and Will Richardson. So it sounds like you like the district of Duarte. You like USC if USC plays Oregon and if Colorado beats USC, you like Oregon. Correct. Makes that makes sense. Based on what we saw in the matchups wise, yeah. In the regular season, it would make sense. I do you think UCLA UCLA has any chance to get there? I do. Beat Oregon. Mick Cronin's going to take the, the Bruins' names off the practice jerseys this week. It's very odd to look at their jerseys with no logos on it and just guys wearing whatever sneakers they want. Yeah, it at, is. At UCLA. Well, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? His first year, the, the way Yo, he turned yes. it around yeah. is, is like nobody gets to wear any UCLA gear. Take it off. You That's have to earn Coach it. Coach K move. It is a Coach K move, and it worked, even though he hates Coach K. Shout out that. to hashtag sources who tell me things. And yeah, no. Mick Cronin despises Coach K. Who are you picking to win the Pac-12 term? Oregon. The Mighty Ducks. Quack! Quack! Okay. Oregon and Colorado. We're going. They failed me once. They'll probably fail me twice. You're going with Duarte. I'm going with Trevor Leaf's best friend, McKinley Wright the fourth. All right. We are going to get him on the pod. I think that... Uh, Trevor has greatly exaggerated how His close he to is to McKinley Wright. Scholarships and sanctions. Let's close this thing out. I mean, I feel like the sanction is obvious, but I'm just going to reiterate. Sanction to Creighton for absolutely writing the book on how not 
to handle racially sensitive topics. Like, just how? I, again, this is the same school that received a notice of allegations this summer from the NCAA and refused to acknowledge it after being confronted. They're like, no, <laughs> we do not acknowledge this. So that was just bad. You did a bad job. You get an F. The best way to... I mean, I, I, I will say they did a very poor job with this. On They the, literally got sanctioned and were like, no. On, but, but, no, no, no. In, in regard to the sanction that happened over the summer, totally support it. Because they went by our book, which is just fight it or ignore it. Fight <laughs> it or ignore it. So, Do not self-impose. <laughs> Never self-impose. Although... Rose before self-imposed. <laughs> Oklahoma State getting getting yanked out of the tournament this week would be up there as far as funniest. Oklahoma State getting yanked out. Kentucky winning the SEC tournament. Arizona State making a run. Uh, if those th- if any of those three things happen, this week has gone to just complete <laughs> drug zone. <laughs> I felt a strong urge just now to tweet at 109 in the morning, Mountain Standard, whatever time Arizona's on right now. For one more week. For one more week. Time change on Sunday. God, Not for It's going to be a trip. Um, I, I wanted to tweet just now, bros before self-impose. No context. <laughs> no only context. only the real ones would understand. My scholarship goes to Mark Few. Um, I thought it was... Actually, very interesting what he decided to do tonight in terms of after BYU drubbed another opponent, St. Mary's, uh, not the St. Mary's of old, beat him by 23. Mark Few, it seemed like he was fed up with watching other teams play with fans in attendance and just killing his conference opponents every single night. Um, But basically went on a, a... little diatribe, a little rant about how he was disappointed that Gonzaga fans and fans of West Coast basketball have not been allowed to see his team and not been allowed to see college basketball all year long. I know that the Pac-12, the only team that local government and the Pac-12 allowed even parents in games for was Arizona State. And I, I, based on my understanding, not even parents were allowed at Gonzaga games. And we've seen the SEC and we've seen the Big 12 implement fans and some of the ACC schools implement fans in a safe and respectful manner, at least based on what we've heard. And I think it could have been done. So I understand his his frustration. I hope for Gonzaga fans sake that some of them safely make the trip to Indy and are able to enjoy maybe their first title ever. Uh, yeah, which would be a, which would be a real validation for really, that program. If people deserve to see this team play. I mean, as long as it can be done in a safe way. I feel badly for Baylor fans. I mean, I know that there have been people allowed, but this team is significantly better than last year's team, and like actually could win a national championship. Whereas I don't think last year's would have. And that place in Waco would have would been, have been nuts. bouncing all year long. It would have just been a total celebration of the excellence of that team. Obviously, there are much more significant things in the world than not getting to see a really good basketball team play. There are massive famines in Lebanon and across the Middle East and horrible things happening in the world. Just because COVID is being rectified here at home doesn't mean that it's been dealt with out in the world abroad. But with that said, I mean, yeah, it would be cool for Gonzaga fans to get to see this team play. Do you have... 
anything else. I have one. Well, sanction. I wanted to put a, a big old sanction on the nation for jumping my Yukon bandwagon and, oh. and pretty much hijacking me roadside. <laughs> that could have gone a lot of ways. <laughs> Sanctioning what, the entire what? country. <laughs> <laughs> the entire nation. Uh, I, I'll put a sanction on the SEC for announcing this early that they're going to put full stadiums back. I'm down for effect. that. I am too. It's just it feels a little reckless to say it now. No, I four think- or five months before the season, before most of the population. I don't want to get political, but most of the population has been vaccinated. It feels a little reckless to me. Last I saw, we were at like 80, 90 million in the country vaccinated. And it's, I mean, shout out. I mean, I get to say this because I'm a Southerner. How many of those do you think are in the South? Not many. Oh, we'll be good. We'll be good. At the end of the day, hey, 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 and that's what Sankey's saying. (laughs) We'll be good. And at the end of the day, what are we going to end up with? A Final Four college football playoff of four SEC teams. So they don't even have to interact with the rest of the country. They they can just play there. It's our bubble. Is there? And it just means more. It's a little bubble. It borders Missouri and swoops also Texas. Shout shout out to the NCAA women's basketball tournament or the SEC women's basketball tournament where on the floor it literally says it just means more. It'll say that in Nashville. It will. And it will be damn right. I don't know about basketball. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna. I'm gonna end the show on a very negative note when it comes to sanction yeah. because I'm going to sanction Jeff Long. I'm going to sanction KU Athletics. I'm going to sanction Les Miles. Um, Les Miles was. They said mutually agreed to be let go. Uh huh. Which he means, doesn't deserve that. Which means well, so for those who don't understand, Les Miles, a report came out late last week that. In 2013, he had inappropriate actions with interns, uh, female student interns Mm -hmm. at LSU, um, was saying things such as, we need to have interns of certain types, things that just should not be said, should not be, it should not be the way that things are conducted. LSU covered it up and there's been protests and we might as well sanction LSU's football team. Yeah, everybody's complicit. Because they covered it up as well and they told Miles when this happened that they would fight to not let any open records request get it immediately that they would fight to make sure that this document never again LSU State University could be foiled like yeah which it was which it was but they just said that hey Les we're gonna fight this for you so that if someone looks up they're gonna have to try really hard to get it eventually someone got their hands on it Jeff Long in this situation though Les Miles gets a sanction because that's obviously reprehensible behavior Jeff Long gets a sanction because when he was asked in regards to other people he's interviewed for the Kansas job when he uh, hired Les Miles he said Todd Graham or Grantham he didn't know what his name was he said quote there was the gentleman and again I'm struggling with his name he was working with the LA Rams at the time I could find his name but it's not coming to me that was Jed Fish, who's now the head coach at Arizona. believes that you should only recruit from states that are touching the state that your college is in. Which would not work in Kansas, by the way. And the last quote from Long was, quote, and then I interviewed the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm going to forget his name as well. So Good job. Les was obviously buddy-buddy with Jeff Long. They had cameras in Les Miles' house for that ESPN documentary series. Right when he was getting hired, so they knew it was going to happen. And Jeff Long never seriously considered anyone else. So he didn't properly vet anyone. 
He didn't properly vet Les yeah, Miles. it's a fireable offense. It is a fireable offense. He absolutely should not be making this next hire. And the athletic department, the fact that this happened and Les Miles was let go with assistant coaches finding out via social media, it's all just a complete mess. It's a sham of Kansas football. It's everything I mean, that they've been. 20 and 106 for the last 12 years and such. And yet... On a positive note, they've still won a major bowl game more recently than Tennessee and Notre Dame. Okay. So, with that being said, the last— I feel like this story is not Kansas football year, though. No, it's It's, it's that the long. legacy of Les Miles is forever denigrated, and that is it. And Jeff Long is and an Jeff, awful Jeff idea. Long is irrelevant, doesn't matter, and made a really bad choice by— I mean, you hope that—I I don't know which one's better. Uh, obviously, neither option are good. But you hope that he just was unknowing. I find that hard to believe. I find it very, very funny that he said Todd Graham or Grantham because both of those are real people and yes, very, very and, different individuals. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and both could have been options for that head coaching spot at the time. Which makes me think, I don't know. Um, I would hope... The last thing I'll say is I, I hope that they either go to Willie Fritz, who has connections to the Kansas area, or call up Jeff Monken. Just swallow your pride and go triple option. By the bullet? That's the last thing I'll say. Okay. Vandy could be approaching that if Clark no, Lee doesn't work. Clark Lee is going to be there for a long time. We'll see. I know. Okay. Okay. I hope it happens. I hope Vandy gets respectable. I hope Kansas football gets respectable, too. With that, great show. We will see you on Thursday. You can catch the next episode on blazeradioonline.com, 4.30 Mountain Time, Arizona Time, on Thursday. Sometime. Sometime. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Like, rate, review, subscribe. For Peyton Gallagher, I'm Gabe Schwartz. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Sunday or Monday, you know that we flex. True. You can never make it more obvious. You checking for the heat, that's cold. That's cold, that's cold. Get it to the top of the top of this. You can never reach uh, these hoes. in the booth and we spin the truth. Aye. We inspire the youth and we get to the loop. You do what it does and we do what it do. We turn to the max and they got you on mute. You. Ooh, flow so high, so you know Aye. I had to run it back. Blazes a ball and we run it like a running back. Gabe brought chalk, so you know Aye. we have a fun with that. Turn you in the up, so you know Aye. it ain't no coming back. Now we done with that. He check his dad.